Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 46, I believe it is. Hope everyone had a very nice Christmas and nice new year. And now we are a little bit late because I believe all of us are slightly under the weather. So <laughs> if, if you hear any sniffling, any coughing, any crying, any, uh, <laughs> uh, well, that, that's normal, dying. But, uh, but we decided to get this done, right? We decided, let's get this done. Let's get the podcast done. <laughs> Did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was I was working for some of it, but I actually still found quite a lot of time to get some nice games in and yeah, still have a bit of a rest. So it was lovely. How about when you are guys? You, when are you not working, Laura? You're always Well, that's working. a good question. <laughs> I'm working tomorrow, but, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were you were working Christmas Day as well. It which yeah. is, you know. But know. uh hey, oh, well, as you said, as we say in Ireland, fair play to you. And well, uh, Thomas, uh, you you were off over Christmas, I believe. Yeah, you were off the last two weeks. Uh, no, no, I was I was working, but I was off several. I, I took the Friday between the Christmas and new and and the weekend off, so I had a few days. Uh, I worked up until Christmas Eve, and then had a few days off, and then worked a few days, and then New Year's New Year's uh, Eve and New Year Day, I was off, and then. Work two more days again, and now my holiday is finally here. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, holiday? I don't know if uh, I don't remember giving you permission to have a holiday. I thought now we're back into the swing of things, you know, now back to the podcast. And so, what's this holiday that you're going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't been on a proper <laughs> holiday since 2018, so I thought it would be yeah. time to, you know, take a take a leave of absence for two weeks of not doing anything work related or you know just chill out and you know go where somewhere sunny hopefully <laughs> i mean it's sunny today in ireland it's a bit cold but and i presume you'll be going for the podcast as well you'll be going to a conference <laughs> or you'll be doing uh <laughs> you're doing interviews for the podcast I might if I run into any uh, any people uh, adventure game related in, uh, in 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 LA. Then yeah, I could record something Ooh, on my podcast. Do, do we know anybody from LA? Start listing off, you know, the the IMDb. But I, I think you know plenty of people who work who, who, who live in LA. But. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm just gonna go and have fun and uh, oh. see the sights. I'm gonna go to Universal and Disneyland and see this new Star Wars land. And uh, we're gonna visit the Endeavor Space uh, Museum and um, yeah, do a lot of uh, cool stuff. Hopefully, that, yeah. That no, that sounds cool and all, but I think as we established, there's a lot of cool stuff in my local town as well. You know, like there was. Uh, Darth Vader came to my local town, so I think we established that he's a proper Darth Vader. Uh, not, I'm not jealous at all. I'm okay. I'm fine with you going to those <laughs> no, places. Sorry, but you went but... to Canada, Georgia. You went to Canada and you I went to Boston. Were, so if there is one people person on this podcast... Related, these, were, 
These were podcast related, though. I mean, they weren't really <laughs> holidays as such. <laughs> I mean, I did take some time off while I was I was there, but um, but uh, yeah. So we have a lot to talk about today. We are back after a few weeks. Um, let's hope we can all survive this episode. <laughs> yeah. So we should probably uh, get to it. We've got a lot to discuss. So we'll be talking about some of the games that we've been playing. Uh, also, we'll have discussion on our games of the year and games of the decade and games of most impact. So, first of all, uh, I have finished a game which I've mentioned before on this podcast, and it's Feria Darl. <laughs> uh, it's, and I believe this is probably the last time I'm going to mention this game on the, on the podcast because it's so hard to pronounce. And you may have heard my interview with Tom Simpson, which I did at Adventure X, which I uploaded for New Year's Eve. Uh, So I had a chance to finish that game. So as you may have heard from the interview, you play as a young girl called Molly. And she dreams of being a mighty matador. So she goes to the city of Arles, which is in France, uh, for those who don't know. And so she tries to become a bullfighter, but once there, she's told by a person who looks and acts suspiciously like Stan from Monkey Island that she needs to, shall we say, complete three trials. Uh-huh. So she needs, to, I guess, stop if you've heard this before, <laughs> but she needs to basically become a boy because they don't want to allow women to be matadors. She needs to become taller and she needs to find a snazzy suit. And now plot-wise, that's really the main thing. Those are the main things you have to do. So you need to explore this town, this city, and you need to solve uh, mostly inventory puzzles to try and to get into the arena to become a bullfighter. So you meet other characters along the way. So you meet uh, a barber who's very, very dedicated to his job. Uh, You meet other people uh, you know, one person who sells things, sells souvenirs and other people like that as well. So you need to combine inventory objects. You need to speak to characters. And yeah, so the the, the game is short. It took me less than two hours, uh, but the writing is really the top quality. It's very funny in places. There are some really funny scenarios, some really funny scenes in the game as well. I don't want to give anything away. Um, and also the dialogue, which was co-written as well by Alistair Beckett King. And again, you can tell it's it's a very, very funny game. And, you know, one of the great things about it, even though it, it does, uh, you know, as you can tell that uh, it is inspired by Monkey Island, it does have its own, um, you know, it, its own identity as well. So it doesn't just rely on the fact that it's inspired by Monkey Island. And uh, the puzzles, they're quite, you know, can be quite tricky as well. So it is, you know, proper old school as well. You do have to think about the puzzles. You do need to try and figure things out. So it's definitely not easy. Now, I think since it is a short game, I think people should be figure them out uh, rather quickly because there's not a huge amount of uh, scenes or environments. But, you know, I still have to think for him as well. Um, I love the graphics. They're kind of old school pixel graphics, but there's some really nice scenes as well. Uh, some really nice animations in the game as well. And the music was really nice as well. So you're kind of an orchestral score as well. And then don't want to give anything away, but the last scene as well is 
you know, what thought was quite fun, um, you know, shall we say, in the arena as well. And uh, yeah, there was some fun interactions with the mayor and his assistant as well. And so it did seem more like a prologue more than anything else. But I'm really interested to see what Tom Simpson does next. And I hope he can continue with this uh, with this series. And I hope to hear to see Molly again in the near future. So uh, definitely recommend it. It's uh, not expensive, you know, well worth the price. And it is available on Steam. Don't know where it's available, but again, it is Feria and Darls, and I'd definitely recommend people check it out. Cool, interesting. Oh, so then, Laura, believe you've been busy as well. Yes, always. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, over the kind of Christmas period, I'd take a look at Apple Arcade, which is um, Apple's game subscription service. Uh, and just because there's a, quite a lot of interesting adventure games on there, there's Neo Cab, which I played, which uh, Thomas, you've mentioned before. Yes. Um, I'm also in the middle of Jenny LeClue, uh, Detective Who, which uh, is pretty cool, actually. It's quite a stylish little uh, adventure game, which is um, about a. Uh, mystery uh, author who a uh, mystery writer he writes mysteries featuring this girl Jenny LeClue uh, but um, he's been told oh your stories are too boring you know you're losing um, readers you need to amp up the excitement so it's told from the perspective of him writing this story but you play as the character in his book but then because you're it's being told through the sort of eyes of this author you can make choices and change the story as it goes along so it's got quite an interesting setting in that respect um but the main one i've I've properly finished which is quite adventure gamey is over the alps um which i think was up for an award wasn't it recently um for its writing um which um, probably doesn't come as much surprise because it's um features some uh, writing by uh, john ingold of uh, sort of 80 days fame uh i really i have to say i really enjoyed of the alps it's that uh, you can definitely see sort of john ingold's influence because it did remind me a lot of, of 80 days in the way it's like a branching narrative game it's set in switzerland just before the war breaks out and it's told through these um postcards which um this unnamed couple discover in their cellar and it's uh, these postcards of this spy who's traveling through switzerland um in 1939 uh, that he sent to this person you don't know who they are at the beginning um and it a bit like in 80 days you know you pick um different options there's different stamps you choose basically and those are some of them are um, you can be quite charismatic, you know, to answer a particular thing, or you can choose to be uh, kind of sneaky um, or double crossing. And so you pick these stamps as you go along and that changes the dialogue. But it was a really is it, it's quite, um, you know, things change suddenly all the time. You've got these Swiss police on your tail um, and depending which routes you choose to go from one place to the other, um, you know, they might catch up with you or you might, you know, say you you stole a car and then you ditched the car and went on bicycle. That will create a di- diversion. So they're one step behind you. Um, and yeah, it was it's just um, they I think they've um, called it 80 days meets the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, which I would get behind because it's um, it's very beautifully 
uh, animated as well. It's all these uh, lovely little postcard settings of uh, like Swiss hotels and mountains and um, really fun people that you you know meet along the way. So I would say definitely, I think it's only available on, on Apple Arcade at the moment, but you ca- if you've got like an iPad or even an iPhone, you can get that a month free. Um, and then after that, it's uh, £5 you pay uh, a month to get all the games for free. So um, I would say, you know, at least that, you know, it's probably about five six hours of gameplay so it's worth getting just for that i would say and you know playing another john in gold adventure yeah i i played this as well i played a demo of it at adventure x last year yes. or two years ago now now it has um, it has changed quite a bit from that demo right. because the demo yeah because when i first was playing it i was a bit like wait a minute i thought because I think in the demo there was something about a spy catcher or there was someone that was it's kind of similar there are still people after you but it's the Swiss police who are after you um, and you've got to drop diversions and avoid leaving what they call footprints which are obvious things where for example if you told tell someone in a pub your name then afterward you know your real name then afterwards the police will know that you were there and be able to trace you a bit easier so it's that kind of thing it's all told it's kind of like uh told through these as i said like like dialogue postcards and then uh you move along across up this map towards the top of switzerland um but yeah so it it's kind of similar to that demo so if anyone played that demo it's still got like the stamps and the postcards and um dialogue options but the story is a bit different sounds right really, sounds really interesting no definitely yeah. because i think do you remember that uh, they did mention that I think John Ingle did make some changes yeah. when he got on board? Uh, but it sounds, you know, good changes, you know, it sounds really yeah. good. And also it's co-written by Catherine Neal, which people might know from Astrologaster, That's which right. I still have That's to play. Right. But that, that game itself has also appeared on several uh, Game of the Year lists uh 2019 so that's another game that i have to check out but yeah over the alps i'm very curious if i might get apple arcade because uh, certainly hearing you talking about the games that are on it you just mentioned jenny leclue and then there's neocab and also discolored which i forgot yeah. to mention last time that's also there and uh, several Rad others Rad as conspiracy. well oh yes that's very interesting you know it might be very curious because I'm curious about that game as well. So I might have to get that. So it, you mentioned that it's free for the first month and then five pounds uh, every Afterwards. every other month. And uh, Which, it's five pounds for all the games. You don't, you know, you don't pay. It's not like with Stadia where you then pay for games on top of that. It's just five pounds, uh, and then. Well, that sounds great, actually. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like good value. It's. I think it's been a very. It's a very. I'm not an Apple person at all. I would say, uh, but it's <laughs> a very, you know, good move by Apple. I think. I think it's a great idea, and it's really. It's and they're obviously championing a lot of good indie games as well, um, which you can see just by yes. just. And I, hopefully, there'll be more to come. So we'll see. Where would I get the time to play all those games? Uh, <laughs> I know that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the perennial. <laughs> problem I it, it does it does sound like a really good deal and i um i remember uh seeing some titles that i really wanted to play um i might have to take it because you know uh, i i don't know if you guys know but i'm going on a holiday to california which means that i have you an, uh, that. <laughs> yeah which which means that i have an 11 hour flight ahead of me 
So maybe uh, I'll just take the uh, the time there to uh, play those games. Do you need uh, like internet connection for those games, or is it just a matter of installing and? As far as I'm aware, I don't think you do. You you would need it to install it, yes. But then afterwards, you don't. I think. Right. I, I definitely check that out, but I'm pretty sure you don't because I I don't think I've had it on all the time. But yeah, we're, we're checking out. I don't know all the ins and outs of, of it. But as I said, even if it were just for the free trial for like for the month, it's worth you know giving it a go. <clears throat> Absolutely, right. yeah. No, oh, hopefully yeah. you don't need. I think it says yeah. internet connection required for some Apple Arcade games. So. For some you might need it, for some you don't. So there you go. Okay, okay let's well, give it hopefully a for, well, hopefully for these games that you mentioned, you don't need it yeah. for a connection that you can play in a plane or a commute to work or, uh, you know, on a train or on the, you know, a bus or whatever. Not sure. while driving, but <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> that would not be recommended. But um, okay, so that's over the Alps and then Jenny Leclue as well, which you mentioned yeah. as well. So, yeah, sounds good. It sounds like I'll have to keep an eye on that as well. I might have to get Apple Arcade myself in the near future. So, uh, okay, thank you, Laura. Uh, so, Thomas, uh, you've also been busy. Uh, <laughs> you've uh, picked up one of one game that has been spoken about a lot in you know, the recent days and weeks. So you've been playing Disco Elysium. Yes, uh, I must say I, I did have that game on my wish list, uh, but it had dropped off my radar. It came out in October, and uh, then all of a sudden it started winning all these awards uh, from not just the game awards, but I think a lot, a lot, a lot of other stuff too. And then a friend of mine was so kind to give it to me as a Christmas present. So thank you, Scott, for that. Very good friend. Um, very, yeah. He's, nice friend. <laughs> he is indeed a very good friend. I can uh, completely uh, confirm that. Um, so I started playing that uh, when I got home after Christmas because during the time away, I wasn't near my computer. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. It's, um, I, I mean, I've played it for... I think six seven hours now so and i'm 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 i had to restart once because um my computer uh, was acting up and this is this is a this is basically a point and click adventure game disguised as a role playing game because okay. it is the you're constantly investigating things and uh but it's all with a role playing game mechanic so you create a character, you you assign points. So you have probably have, um, different ways of of solving things. I have not gotten into any combat. I don't think there is any combat in this game, which is quite unique for an RPG. That's why I think it's more like a a point and click adventure game than an actual RPG. And the the game relies heavily on the narrative, and not the narrative uh, as such that you what you do with your surroundings. But a lot of your inner narrative, you have very livid discussions with yourself in your head. The voice you have multiple—it almost seems like you have multiple voices in your head that are talking to you and influencing your decisions. And you have a partner that's with you. You find him uh, very soon in the game, and he is because you're some sort of police officer. Uh, I say some sort because this world is not the normal world. I've I have yet to find out a lot more about this world that we're in. It looks like um, 
it looks like Earth, but it's it's definitely not. It's it's hard to describe because it is so wonderfully weird that I I can't wait to get back into it. Uh, you, um, as I said, it is like it has the the mechanics of a role playing game, but all the all the good things of a point and click adventure game. Like you have a skill tree, but instead of assigning points in firearms or lock picking, you uh, this is very philosophical. You develop thoughts. So you get a thought in your head. You develop that thought. It takes X amount of game time to develop that thought, like an hour or hours. And then once that is done, that thought is developed. You get um, the text that comes with it and you get bonuses on certain things. So you do get better, but in a different way. And you can die a lot. Uh, this is like almost Shara's um, old um, approach to dying in adventure games because um, I, I usually make characters that that are heavily on, on intellect and charisma and stuff like that so my, my character didn't have that much health so uh, I died because I kicked a furnace and got a heart attack uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? okay yeah. That was my last. That was my last hit point. Is, I only. I only had two. So, <laughs> uh, is is that annoying to die so often, or you know, because some people found it annoying in those old games when when you suddenly died, or, or what's it like with this? Of course, it's always annoying to die because you have to reload and you have to think. You have to train yourself again uh, that you have to save a lot. You really have to save a lot and not rely on the auto save. Uh, so, and you can also make uh, the wrong choice and stuff. And it's it's very chance based in that um, you can make decisions, and sometimes that decision needs to be decided by a roll. So you have a percentage uh, of uh, of how you can succeed in that, and that uh, de- determines the outcome of what is happening. Uh, which I don't think it'll mean that you can't. Uh, succeed in a certain quest or something it just means that you have to find different ways of solving it and it is so incredibly well written that uh yeah i i was i was really it, it reminded me of planescape torment in the way of the philosophical approach to life and uh and, and a lot of other things it was it's really really good and if i if i had I've not finished it, but I think if I had finished it before the end of the year, this would be a very, very, very serious competitor to the game I have now uh, on the top of my list. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm sold. I I enjoy on the website, it just says become a hero or an absolute disaster of a human being. And I think (laughs) the, the second is more likely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's... No, I've heard some. Yeah. No, I've heard some really good things about it. It's uh, and it's a murder mystery type, from what I heard as well, right? Or... Yeah, that's what kicks off the initial uh, initial quest. Is that uh, well, you wake you wake up in a hotel room. You have no clue who you are, what you're doing there. And then you find out that you're a cop who was sent there a week ago to look at a body that was hanging from a tree a week ago. 
that body was still hanging there. <laughs> so that, oh, gives you a, <laughs> that, that gives you a bit of an idea of what you have to, what you start doing. And like you have, uh, well, you, have, you get assignments and they include like find out where you live. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah because you have no idea. <laughs> You've been blackout drunk for literally blackout drunk for like three days in a row or something. So and then you you have to pay for the damages, which is a big thing. And you find out that you've been in that room for for a week now and not done anything. So it's uh, <laughs> and that's that and that's all in the start of the game. I'm not spoiling uh, any any progress because uh, right once you start on on that, you uh, you get a lot of other things to do. So like I I'm. Uh, there's an interesting quest in a bookshop that is said to be cursed. So you can look into that curse and there are other things that you can look into and, and, and do, and you have to, you have to earn money, uh, but you can earn money by collecting bottles. But in order to collect bottles, you have to find a bag. So I'm looking, I haven't found that bag yet. Uh, so, uh, because you have to pay off your debt and you have to be able to buy stuff. So it is really, it, it gave me the feeling of, uh, not like an ad- a point-and-click adventure game with role-playing elements like Mage's Initiation or Quest for Glory, but it really made me feel like this was uh, a point-and-click adventure game disguised as a role-playing game. With all the wow, good, okay, things, no, yeah, with all the good things of both genres. I mean, and I love role-playing games as well, so this is definitely yeah, one too. I want to check out. Yeah, and I and I love murder mysteries, so that sounds you know, pretty. <laughs> Pretty good as well. First, um, first caseload is find your own home. Like that's it. That sounds like a typical <laughs> Saturday night. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. no, I'm I'm really really curious. I, you know, I really want to check it out again. The question is just time. Uh, you know, just trying to find time to play these games and to do all these things. You know, to. <laughs> Because, you know, with everything else, you know, uh, li- you know, Jurassic Park to say life finds a way, but I find life gets in the way <laughs> of doing what you really want. So. Sometimes, yes, yes, yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, I mean, you can always consider, you know, postponing your holiday to L.A., California to continue the game. You know, you can always do that. I could, but I won't. But he won't. Okay. Well, you know, we're to we're to try. Um, okay. So that was Disco Elysium. Now it's just your first impressions, shall we say, because you haven't finished a game and it is a long game. But certainly from your first impressions, it sounds like a very high recommendation. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This is. Uh, I'm not surprised it won all these awards, especially for its narrative, uh, which is really, really good. This is like the kind of game you're 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 playing and you're 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 reading it and like I could never ever write like this. How the hell do they come <laughs> up with these with these dialogues with these? Right. And there is a, there is a lot of text in there. It's really good. Thank you, Thomas. So that was Disco Elysium. Those were some of the games that we've been playing over the Christmas holiday uh, holiday period. And so now, so. Uh, we were hoping to do this a little bit earlier, but uh, we've just had the start of the new year. So uh, we can now have discussion of our games of the year. And now just to reiterate that we are three people. We have played a lot of adventure games, but still we have not, I would say, even come close to playing all the adventure games yeah. 
released this year. Although I'm pretty sure to, the two of you have come close, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I haven't. But uh, no, there's we. You just need to uh, to reiterate that we have not played all the adventure games that have been released. All the adventure games out there. So if you if we don't mention a game, if we don't mention your game or your favorite game, then it doesn't mean we don't like it. It doesn't mean that. Uh, you know, we didn't think it was good. It probably means we haven't played it, or maybe that these games we thought were the absolute best. But um, I, but I yeah, say, there's so many games. I yes? must say, I have not played a truly bad game this year. Yes, there yes. were there were games that might have elements that didn't appeal to me, uh, but that didn't make necessarily make the game bad. Uh, there were there were a stunning amount of of good to great games out there last year yeah great yeah, absolutely yeah no i i mean i think i mentioned this before as well but all the games that i have played i would recommend some form or another i mean yeah some games were better than others you know had elements that were better you know with shall we say maybe with some of the puzzles or the endings or whatever but i think overall the games have been really good this year so um, yeah, there, there was no game that I actively disliked this year, which is really good because it ha- doesn't always happen. Because you know, there are times when you're playing a game and you are disappointed, or that they're very buggy, or that they're just you know not finished. And at least with the game that I have played, I have not come across. Uh, first is our favorite setting in an adventure game. So, um, so Laura. Do you yeah. want to mention which game, which game or games had your favorite setting? Yeah, uh, quite a tricky one. This, but I, I thought I'd go. Yeah. Actually, uh, well, they're all quite tricky, but uh, this one I thought I'd go with um, uh, Trooberbrook, uh, which came out, I think, uh, in spring, yeah, in March this year, uh, which is kind of like a sci-fi adventure game. And the setting I enjoyed it's set in nineteen uh, sixties. Uh, Germany um, but it's kind of a parallel Germany so there's kind of weird supernatural things going on but it's set in this like rural mountain uh, like deeply forested uh, remote village in the middle of Germany so it's got this lovely kind of idyllic setting and it's also beautifully um, created this setting because they they did it I don't know if you know through like handmade models Mm -hmm. uh, uh, which they then um, sort of uh, animated and, and so it's got this kind of interesting like 2D and 3D feel and very like, beautifully uh, detailed but I just really enjoyed this kind of alpine foresty setting but with this sort of slight sci-fi twist I thought that was quite cool uh, and just yeah very beautifully lighted and uh, really nice to just walk around in and, and see what everything looked like definitely yeah I agree that's a beautiful setting it's it takes place at the height of the cold war which yeah. adds another layer of uh, of tension to it uh yeah really well done uh wish it had been longer i agree i, want, I wanted to spend more time in that world <laughs> yeah and i i mm-hmm. maybe wish some of the story near the end sort of lived up to the hype of those amazing landscapes but uh, all in all it's still like a wonderful place to sort of uh, explore so yeah definitely setting wise I, I would say trooper brook Okay, so that's another place we can visit, maybe, hopefully. Uh, I still have to play that game myself. But, uh, but yeah, no, definitely. The, I mean, it's 1960s Germany in a rural setting isn't very common in adventure games yep. or any games, for that matter. So that uh, sounds very interesting, definitely. 
Um, so thank you for that. And uh, Thomas, any uh, game setting that springs to mind for you this past year? Yeah, for me, it was uh, the Nebula of Heaven's Fault. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that was so beautiful and thrilling to explore, uh, to find all these remnants of this, this history of a world that never was. Uh, yeah, that, that drew me in. Absolutely. I love it. I love exploration in, in games and, um, the nebula was gorgeous to explore and, uh, yeah, learn more about the history. I, I had a blast when doing that even though the for some the sailing might have been a bit tedious yeah. uh, i didn't experience it that way i wonder who uh, i wonder who <laughs> thinks that so, uh, to, just to explain i guess for people who maybe haven't played heaven's well the nebula is kind of like the bits in between all these planets that you sort of sail around isn't it yeah it's like space. it's like you have all these moons and these moons are connected by let's call it waters for lack of a better word and you sail these waters in a sort of a yeah, steampunkian sailboat uh, that, uh, yeah, and, and you go exploring, basically. Uh, these uh, streams are all one-way streams, but they are all connected somehow. So you can, uh, you can go from point A to point B to point C, and you can go exploring a lot. And in, uh, while you're exploring, you can find ruins that you can explore uh, find artifacts and learn more about the language and the history of the world. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. that it, it did look beautiful and this sense of exploration and then finding the artifacts and finding out more about the history, it was fascinating. Um, but as I said before, for me, it's a little bit too long. But, um, you know, I've already said that. Now, I still love the game. And I would actually say maybe the whole setting in Heaven's Vault could yeah. be... Uh, you know, an option because I think the, the whole planets. world, so to the planets that uh, were created, that again John Ingold created, were just absolutely spectacular. That I think I mentioned when I reviewed the game that I haven't felt this sense of wonder exploration since I played maybe the longest journey, at least an adventure game, which is going back a long time. Yeah. And uh, so, so definitely, I think Heaven's Vault is. Uh, you know the nebula, or maybe you know the whole setting. You know the whole planets as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, by the nebula, I mean the world of Heaven's Fold, Of course, it's not of just course, the, yes. it's not just the nebula. Yeah. It's it's everything. And for me, that sense of wonder, I can only recall yes. recent between uh, recently was when I first played World of Warcraft, and you go through the tutorial, and the world opens up, and you you go to your first big city. That's that whoa that effect you know you find yes you you take a lot of time to uh to ex- to find where you need to go to and then you finally pinpointed the location where that ne- that next moon needs to be and then you find that moon and then you find what's on that moon and each time you find a new big moon there is something spectacular on it there is something amazing that that just thrusts the the, the story forward and you just can't wait to get off the boat and try to explore everything that that is for me so so fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I agree with you there one hundred percent. That um, you know the, the setting for Heaven's Fault. You know you do get the sense of wonder as you mentioned. And um, okay, yeah, it, now it, for, it feels, for it feels like a world that's lived in. You know. Yes. It, it feels exactly. It feels like 
and and that's so cool. I'm just plugging in my laptop. You, you okay, Laura? Feel <laughs> 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 yeah. so, no, so like you're at the bar. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's fine. I'm well, she's feeling a bit under the weather. <laughs> So we know what the tonic is for that. <laughs> Gin and tonic, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, so yeah, that is Heaven's Falls for Thomas. Now, for, for me, this was a tough one because it's hard, hard to choose exactly, you know, favorite setting. But for me, I suppose, personally, I would go with Detective D, The Silk Rose Murders. Um, don't know if either of you have played this game, but uh, to mention review, you play as... Detective D. Renji, and you solve this. Uh, there's a serial killer on the loose who is, um, you know, but the setting is in ancient China. Now, I know very little or nothing at all about ancient China. And the great thing about this game is it felt like you were there. You know, you felt like you were in ancient China, you're in this setting, and you were in uh, the Tang Dynasty as well. And then in this game, featured the only uh the only female empress of china uh, wu zetian so you have to deal with her she asked you to investigate these murders of these women so you have to go and then if you fail then you're not sure what will happen to you <laughs> you know will she kill you or not so you have to go and you know interrogate people as well and try and, for, uh, try and solve the murders. But you have to explore the ancient city as well. And I just, again, it, you know, I just thought, wow, this is something that I'm not used to. I've never played a game that is in an ancient, uh, you know, setting like this. And also, you know, we have had games set in ancient times as well. So, for example, the edutainment game from the, I think, early 2000s. I don't know if you guys have played any of those, but there have been some games like that but this is not really like that. This is still third person point and click and it is focused on, you know, on entertainment as well, on a story and a plot, but also, you know, educational by just being there, by learning how they would have lived. Uh, so, I mean, I love the plot of the game as well. And I, you know, the puzzles were, you know, challenging and unique as well. And definitely you get to learn a lot about the Chinese culture and history and uh, I think it's also as uh, when I spoke with the developer Minta as well, he said that for him it's important to have protagonists who kind of look different to normal protagonists. So he said that he has a protagonist who his son can look up to now. Um, so I think that was important as well. So yeah, so definitely for me, my favorite setting this year in Venture Game is uh, Detective D, The Silk Rose Murder. So, um, so definitely. And I recommend that people check out that game as well overall um okay so um next is a favorite comedy game so uh <laughs> i i think i think um myself and thomas have probably the same uh answer um so uh thomas do you want to say what your favorite comedy game of last year is glam man hey <laughs> Clamman is, is, I think, my surprise of the year. Yes, certainly for me as well, because I wasn't really expecting anything no. uh, from, from this game. I mean, not that I expected anything bad, but I knew nothing about it. Yeah, um, I didn't expect to enjoy it so, so much. But, 
you know, we've spoken about it before, how it is, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just so funny, you know, the, the dialogue, it's you're constantly laughing while playing it. And, um, and I've played, you know, quite a few, some comedies as well. So it's, there, it's know, very funny, but it's not, it's, it's very yes. funny, but it's not silly. Mm. I mean, it, 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 it goes quite deep for such a, a short game as well. You know, it, it takes on, um, um, important subjects makes it funny it it does might come across as silly but the game itself isn't silly and the protagonist is actually quite uh straightforward he's just he's a straight guy you know he's the the he takes everything he lives in a weird world but he is not the weird one even though he's a clown exactly yeah. No, but it, it's true because what I liked about this game is that the game doesn't make fun of him. Like he's not just another Guybrush Threepwood uh, who's you know goofy or anything. You know, people people in the game kind of maybe do make fun of him, but he's not the stupid character. He's not a fool. He's not an idiot. And um, you know, also it's as the developer told me that he wanted to make a game that his mother could play. So uh, you know, not. You know, kind of a clean humor as well, which I think is not everything again. You know, dirty humor at all, but clean humor I think is sometimes more difficult to kind of get right. And I think this game, it does. You know, consistent throughout the whole game, I was just laughing with the interactions, and even when there was no dialogue, just looking at the well, clam man and his buddy just looking at what was happening. Even that was funny, <laughs> and you know, the, the humor it just worked for me completely. And uh, you know, I've, you know, there were quite a few good comedy games. You know, Gar Duty, which was funny. There was Gibus, There was Nelly Kutalot, and then Ferry Adarl, um as well. And they were all really good games, all funny games as well. But yeah, for me, I think Clam Man is uh, is definitely uh, my favorite uh, comedy game, and it's a favorite short game as well. Like yourself, Thomas, I imagine. Yes, yes, that too. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, so, uh, well, Laura, first of all, your favourite comedy game. Yes, so I so I have got now Ta- Clan Man, so I will try that out, so that may well okay. uh, join the list at some point, but um, because I haven't played that, I, I can't add that, but I, I would say, comedy game-wise, Frog Detective 2, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which also is a short game as well, but it's I've, I've got a different game for favourite short game, but yeah, I just love Frog Detective 2, uh, it's just really silly uh you play a frog detective you have to go around um a little village um asking suspects um what you know talking to different kind of weird animals about who might have um broken down some parade decorations that they had up for their new guest so it's a silly premise to begin with um and you know you've got a little notebook which you can decorate with stickers and you fill in with uh motives for suspects uh and then you just go around talking to these amazing characters like i've mentioned before like mary the singing rhinoceros uh, (laughs) who everyone has to like soundproof their rooms because mary's out there at 3 a.m singing uh and yeah you know like a cat called susan um and uh a zebra called carlos who has a 24-hour shop 
and he's the only one that works there so he uh, sleeps on the floor uh, and will jump up whenever someone comes in to serve his customers. So it's just yeah I think the thing that's funny about Frog Detective 2 is is the writing but just the characters are so bizarre but also like just quite nonchalant even though they're really weird <laughs> like they have these very odd lives but yeah they're good fun and it's just like a fun world to uh walk about in there's obviously there's frog detective one as well um which is very good but that didn't come out in 2019 so yeah i'd say check out both check out um, the series they're, they're both very funny games to to have a bit of a laugh in yeah well you you convince me because i also have those two games now hey. in my steam library so i'll hopefully get to play them very soon and uh, they may jump there <laughs> as well but yeah i'm really looking forward to playing them because they sound like really funny great games as well i'd say so, it's probably quite similar to clan man i would imagine exactly. they sound quite similar so, in tone so yeah so yeah no cool and also they're short which for me is a good thing at this point that uh, <laughs> means i can hopefully finish the game <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah but also, to, you know, what I always say is it depends not on the quantity, but quality of a game. So what you get in that hour or two game, I think, could be better than a mediocre 10 hour game, for yes, example. Completely. So, um, so OK, Frog Detective 2. I'm looking forward to checking that out myself. So that's Laura's favorite comedy game. Now, so you mentioned our myself and Thomas, our favorite short game. I think it's Clamma. We've already spoken about that. So, Laura. Uh, what is your favorite Back again. short game? Hello. Back again. Back uh, again. I'll keep try and keep this short. Um, <laughs> uh, mine was Pilgrims by Amanita Design. Oh. Um, which uh, you may remember, and it is short because I remember we did uh, an episode <laughs> and then I played it and they, I like literally came back 50 minutes later like, I played it guys, I finished and you were like, what? Yes, yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, no, I really like this game. It's got the typical. I said it's by Amanita Design because it's uh, it's got that typical kind of slapstick humour that they're known for in things like Chuchel and Machinarium and things like that. Uh, it's um, yeah, it's a very short game, but you basically play as this pilgrim. You're, you're going through this world. Um, this kind of mythical world of dragons and kings and princesses. There's no dialogue in it, but you're basically looking around this world you, you there's um a kind of set mission that you've got to achieve but meanwhile you're just interacting with these players and you've got these um it's like a card based gameplay um so you each object represents a little card uh you throw the card on the deck and depending uh where you are it different things happen basically so you can if you can play different characters and you collect those characters in a set of cards so you can play the devil card and if you're at a priest the devil will try and kidnap the priest um and things like that which is quite good fun they all speak in gibberish which is quite entertaining as well um so i say there's no dialogue but there's no uh dialogue you can understand <laughs> um, so, <laughs> there is some dialogue but um yeah it's just a it's a beautiful it's another charming game by amanita design basically and uh, like i say you can complete it encourages you to do more than one playthrough because there's different achievements you can get but um yeah you could if you wanted to you could complete it in about 50 minutes and and be on your way um but it's definitely one of those where you finish it and you're like oh i I'd like to try it again and see what would happen if I did this or this. So, yeah, definitely give it a go. Cool. Okay, so another hit from Amanita Design. 
It is. Yeah. Uh, what, which we mentioned what, before as well. Yeah. What can they, they can't go wrong, those guys. They're I really know. It. <laughs> Every game that they have made seems to be, you know, a, a hit basically that they haven't yeah. made a, you know, anywhere close to a bad game yet. So uh, long may it continue that they keep making these great games. So, um, okay. So that was Pilgrims by Amanita Design. So, Okay, so now we're getting to the big one. So we're getting to next is the top three games of the year. So these are adventure games or narrative games, shall we say. Uh, so we're going to give our top three games. So, uh, you know, we'll be very curious to see how much we agree and disagree on this because we might not all agree on our favorite adventure game of the year. We will see. Um, so... Uh, so we can start with number three then. So our third favorite adventure game of the year. So drumroll. <laughs> uh, we can. Uh, okay, for for me, I I, I can start uh, this time. For me, my third favorite adventure game of the year is The Walking Dead: The Final Season. Uh-huh. As I said, I have not finished all the games. I have not. I'm currently playing through Interrogation, which I'm really enjoying. I've not finished that as well. I wanted to give uh, you know shout out to other games as well that I really enjoyed. Um, you know, Rainswept. I loved the story in that. It was the first game released this year that I played, and then it was Gibboos and Guard Duty, Dragon as well. But the, my third favorite game, I think, is The Walking Dead: The Final Season. That again, they had a you know I I've talked about this before how difficult the production was that they you know telltale collapsed midway through and they finished production so it started in 2018 and they finished production in 2019 so i'm including it this you know 2019 and but i think even even then you know even considering you know it's not just a great game considering how difficult the production was it's a great game anyway and you don't notice that you know the company collapsed midway through the making of this game and, you know, I think the story is fantastic. I think Clementine is, she could very well be my favorite protagonist of all time now. Um, you know, yeah, after four sure. games, uh, you know, you really do, uh, you know, feel for her in every single decision that you make and every time in the game and you want to really get her through this world. And, you know, with all the other characters as well, I think the, the writing is top quality, very high quality all throughout. And, you know, the graphics look great in this game as well. They they have made a few changes and improvements over the last uh, three seasons. Uh, I suppose season two, season three, The Walking Dead might have been slightly disappointing, still very good in my opinion, but this is still nearly just as good as season one of The Walking Dead. And, um, you know, it, it was, you know, they had, to, they had to finish this series as well. And, as we know, it's really hard to finish a series, a long-running, um, you know, popular series, and it's very pop, very difficult to do that. We just need to see even this past year with, uh, you know, the end of uh, Star Wars and Game of Thrones and Avengers, and you know how difficult it was to finish, you know, those series. Some did better than others, and in this game as well, I would definitely put this on the Avengers scale in terms of how they finished. Uh, that day it was satisfying in a Walking Dead way. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, you know, because, you know, don't expect, I mean, without getting spoiled, don't expect a completely happy ending. That's not the Walking Dead. But that you have to be satisfying to the characters and to the players. And I think what, uh, what the developers have done is is really 
was really remarkable. So, um, so the third, my third favorite game of the year is definitely, I would say, The Walking Dead, the final season. And I would encourage people to check that out. It is, I believe, only available on the Epic Games Store, or you can get this along with the other three seasons as well as a bundle from the Skybound store. So I definitely recommend people check it out. So, so Thomas, what is your third favorite game of the year? My third favorite game of the year is Whispers of a Machine. It's, um, yeah, I want to say cyberpunk, but it's not really cyberpunk, but it's a, it's a future machine, uh, machine. It's a future, uh, it's a futuristic game, but it feels a bit like a retro future. Something has happened that has, uh, made governments ban all uh, artificial intelligence and you play a detective that has to investigate a murder in a very quiet workers town and obviously uh, there is a lot more going on and you are enhanced by a, a specific well it's a sort of a fluid that gives you special abilities and uh, it makes you uh, you're a bit st- you're stronger, and it gives you the opportunity to do certain things. And the way you play the game affects which abilities you get in the future. So if you're like a very empathetic person, and you uh, you get different um, abilities during the game than when you play it as a very uh, well straightforward, uh, direct, uh, possibly rude person. Uh, and that also affects in the way you solve the problems you come across on the way. It's got very got beautiful um, uh, pixel art. Uh, it, it's a classic point-and-click adventure game in that way, that you uh, yeah you point and you click and you, you do your stuff. It's very well written. It's got a compelling, uh, compelling story. It's got a very interesting uh, main... Uh, uh, main character a lady cop as well we see uh, which is a good thing a lot of female protagonists uh, um, are arising in adventure gaming as well and it's uh, requires you to think about some very difficult moral issues and make decisions about that so uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot I highly recommend playing it I highly recommend replaying it <coughs> trying to uh, Use play it in a different way. Um, so yeah, that is uh, Whispers of a Machine. It's my third best game of the year. Cool. Yes, very very interesting. Um, yeah, no, we've spoken about it before, but definitely was a very enjoyable game. So that was uh, third uh, your third favorite game of the year. Thank you, Thomas. So now Laura, your third favorite adventure game of the year. Yes, I this one came as a bit of a surprise to me, actually. Um, but I am going to go with interrogation. You will be deceived. Um, this was something I was interested in playing when I saw a, uh, play a little demo of it at Gamescom. But um, I w- wasn't quite sure. I thought, oh, gosh, this is quite an ambitious thing they're trying to create. But they actually, I feel like it really paid off for them. And I feel it's maybe slid under the radar of some people. So I hope you know it gets the recognition it deserves but basically you are a detective you've got to try and bring down this terrorist group you do it through interrogating suspects but each interrogation that you know it's done in different ways it might be timed there might be several suspects you need to speak to at once uh there's different ways you can go about cracking 
the thing you can be quite um violent with them you can sort of pause the tape and maybe throw them against a wall or you can try and charm them or find out different details about them which you can use against both the suspects so there's lots of different ways of doing it it's um it's not just about interrogating you've got to also manage your team so there's kind of strategy elements um where you decide where to place your team members and what they should be doing in between cases um and again it felt like something I'd like to, if I have, if I have the time, I'd love to play it again and do it in a different way. Um, there's lots of uh, detail to each of the cases uh, that you can uncover as well if you really want to. So yeah, I just thought it for it was a short game; it's about six hours. But for I, I was really gripped by um, you know what it's it's not an easy game as well that you know you will fail. Uh, but that it, the element of it being against the clock made it quite exciting i think and there was a lot to think about and again a bit like with whispers of machine there's moral choices you know do you go down the ethical route but you might not stop the terrorists so you know you've got to make all these choices along the way uh also beautifully animated um it's all this kind of black and white shading uh sort of rotoscoped animation which um, they filmed real actors and then uh, animated over it so yeah i, I mean it, this wasn't a game i had heard about much about uh i hope people discover the game and and give it a go it's a dark game but um definitely one worth giving a go i think yeah i I totally agree um and i must say up until recently interrogation was also my third place but it dropped one place uh uh it's it's yeah it's 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 just really well written it's tense it's exciting uh yeah it's everything you you said yeah, no, I'm currently playing through it now myself, which is the reason why I have included myself is because I haven't finished it. Yeah, so, right. you know, to see, you know, how, how it ends. But yeah, everything you say is, you know, is correct there. That's, you know, different ways on how to, you can have different uh, ways on what type of police officer you are, you know, get these types of badges as well. So are you, as you said, you know, charmer, you know, a nice person to... Uh, you know, gets the the suspects to reveal information that way, or are you an aggressive person who uh, doesn't really go the ethical route and you turn off the tape recorder and you push them up against the wall and you physically threaten them? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then all all of these things has has an impact because you also deal with the media. Uh, you have to uh, speak with journalists a few times, answer questions. And the way you speak with them also has a has an effect on how the media and the public perceive you as well. And you also have to decide where you put your staff. You know, do you send them out to, uh, you know, to look for informers? You help them with, you get them to help out with other departments or follow up leads, or do you tell them to go home early if they're tired? <laughs> so you know these, and also you know, few few times uh, they ask you out to the pub, so you have to ask uh, you have to decide do you go out or do you uh do this pr course um now of course i'm irish so my character <laughs> went out <laughs> to hey. the pub <laughs> mine, mine too mine too yeah mine too <laughs> i mean i thought because you have to get to know the people as well that you're working with and you know with all of that and you know that's that was my excuse anyway um but no i'm really enjoying the game so far myself and i'm really looking forward to how it's going to end as well. It's not an easy game. It's very challenging. And I'm playing it on the narrative level. And I failed once or twice in some of the interrogation. The first couple I I was able to get through. But now coming up towards the end, it's like, ooh, this is 
quite challenging because you have to, without giving anything away, try and turn other people against each other. You have to try and pick up on what one thing said, which might affect the second person, and then affect the third person. So it's it's trying to pick you're up. Supposed, you're supposed to fail. It's yeah. I don't think it's a, it's possible to win the timed interrogations at your first exactly. Exactly. So, but no, I'm really enjoying it myself. So, I uh, hope to finish it uh, very soon. So, okay. And I believe it's the ter- it's the first game by these developers. Uh, I can't remember the, the names of the developers, but yeah, no, it's sounding it's so far it's a remarkable game. So, uh, yeah, this interrogation you you it's will be deceived or you sh- critique yes. gaming. The name of the developers, just so you know. Right. Okay. Thanks for us for critique gaming. So, uh, well. That's interrogation. So, uh, okay, so now we go on to number two. So my second favorite game of the year. Now, this is like the, doesn't watch Father Ted's second best priest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably just a few British and Irish people listening. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, again, this is, uh, you know, this is the game that was really, really good, but maybe didn't quite make it for, you know, different reasons as well. But for me, uh, my second favorite game of the year, my number two game of the year is Whispers of a Machine. Now, I'm not going to go on to much detail about the game. Thomas has already spoken about it. But yeah, I love this game overall. I love the voice acting. I love the setting. I love the... The story is a very compelling story. I love murder mysteries, and this is a really good murder mystery. It's uh, you know, a combination of murder mystery and sci-fi. It also has some pretty big ideas um, you know, with its sci-fi setting as well. Uh, because I think it does what every great sci-fi game or movie or story does. It also has bigger ideas that uh, maybe in... Uh, in in our current time as well, but in this time, I talk more, you know, dealing with AI and whether it's a good idea or not so good. Um, then there's some twists in it as well. There are some times where you think, oh, this person uh, is the murderer. They're guilty. They're involved. And then you just realize, oh, wait, they're completely innocent. Or maybe you might think, oh, this person, you know, they might seem nice, but then you think, oh, are they really uh, as who they say they are? So it constantly keeps you guessing. Um, it's a very easy game to play, at least with point and click. The puzzles can be challenging enough, but they always make sense. Um, the graphics look great as well. So, yeah, I mean, there is really nothing negative that I have to say about the game. I think overall it's a really good game. It's, um, but then the only reason is the game that I have at my number one, uh, it just has everything else as well, that just a little bit more, just about every game, but we'll get to that now. So that is Whispers of a Machine. So, um, Thomas, uh, what's your number two favorite adventure game of the year? Uh, Disco Elysium. Wow. Yeah, that, that game made such an impact in such a short time, I had to put it in my top three. And as I said, uh, if I finish it, it I might not. I might have a shared number one spot. Okay. Even because <laughs> it's the game is that good. Okay, I'll have to uh, check it out. Now you've already spoken about it, so um, so that's Disco Elysium. Yeah, it'd be um, interesting to see you know catch up with you once you've finished and yes. find how you feel about it then as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm no, I'm looking very forward. curious, curious to that too. It's hard to kick my number one off the number one spot because that <laughs> that that is ticking a few more boxes. That that just is like that game is like made for me, but this one might uh, equal it up there. Yeah, I think we can kind of guess which game that is, <laughs> but we'll get there now. <laughs> just a second. So um, okay, so. Uh, Laura, your second favorite game of the year is My second best game. Is... <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I am probably going to pick the one which is Thomas's first. So my second best game is uh, Heaven's Vault, uh, which oh, I really enjoyed. I thought it was a great game, uh, and Thomas will no doubt speak in depth about it in a moment uh, <laughs> all I, i'll just say is uh, i we've, we've spoken about a bit earlier as well about the worlds of heaven's vault which i thought were amazing uh it, you know it's it's made by inkle uh, it's this sort of archaeological exploration adventure where you it's got a, its own um hieroglyphical uh hieroglyphical uh, language that you've got to uncover and explore and it's just the it just feels like an amazing world uh the, uh, the the only thing i i think that knocks it slightly off my first one it was just uh, it felt almost a little bit too long for me there were, there were points where i was a bit like ah, oh, this story is so fascinating and amazing but i just want to you know get to some of those points a bit quicker maybe uh, I, I feel thomas will probably disagree and be like no i wanted it to be longer <laughs> But um, yeah, the world's amazing. It, this this idea that they created their own language for you to uncover the law is fascinating. And yeah, definitely uh, one of my top games of 2019. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm sure we'll be speaking about that a little, you know, just now probably. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, you know, I, I have to agree with that, that, you know, it's a long game as well. But yeah, maybe... If you could get to some sort of place a little bit quicker, but I'm sure Thomas <laughs> might disagree with yeah. with that. That you know, any sort of criticism, and uh, no, you know, no, 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 I'm, I'm not. A, I'm no, not, I'm kidding. I'm not like that. I think the criticism about no, the, I know you're not, the length yeah. of, of of the length of the traveling and stuff is justified, and they they address that. But I don't think it, it was less of an inch uh, less of an issue for me than it was for other people. So sure, yeah, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, that that's that's fair because I think with games or with things as well that what other people might find um, annoying or you know you know but for other people it might not be so much. So yeah. Yeah. you know I think that's fair. So uh, well, with that I think uh, Thomas and I will probably have the same number one game of the year. Uh, so Thomas, if you want the two of us can say it at the same time. <laughs> so our favorite game of the year is. Yeah, Heaven's Hel- Vault. Heaven's Vault. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> now, you, yeah. you've already spoken in, in detail for reviewed this game as well, but again, just uh, if you could tell us, why is this your favorite game of the year? Or venture game of the year, rather. Uh, because it, its world building is brilliant. It's... Um, dialogue and narrative is revolutionary the uh, protagonist is compelling the story is brilliant the i love a good story and i love exploration and both of those boxes are ticked uh, for me it as i said before it feels like this this is a game that was made for me 
uh, I couldn't have done I couldn't have done a better a better job at, at creating an almost perfect game. It is one of the best games I have ever played. It it will definitely be in my top ten of of, of my all time games, and it's yeah, it's just a wonderful wonderful game. Yeah, no, I have to agree that I have to say, even though I had some issues with it, which I mentioned a few weeks ago, I think all things considered, because it, you know, for for me, it could be joint top between this and Whispers of a Machine, that they're both fantastic games, that they're both remarkable games. But I think the reason why, in the end, I slightly chose uh, Heaven's Fault ahead of Whispers of a Machine is because of the sheer ambition of Heaven's Fault. Now, that's not saying that. Whisper Machine isn't ambitious. It really is, and it gets just about everything right. But Heaven's Vault, it's like nothing I've ever played before, as you mentioned, with the world building, with the story, with the dialogue. That I love, you know, this dialogue in games as well when it's done right. And I think in this game, it is done very right. I think the story is magnificent. I think the interaction between uh, Alia and her companion, Robot 6, I think this sense of wonder that you have and then with the puzzles where they created their own language as you mentioned Laura just for this game which is just remarkable by itself and how you know it's certainly not easy it's challenging but it's not overwhelming you know I felt that I was able to do it and even if you get a word wrong when you're translating they you know they don't punish you that they say okay no you have another chance to get it right then and you still as long as the game is, you can still, I think you still need to play this several times, more times to be able to translate more and get more out of the game. But it is a long game. But uh, yeah, also, you know, I thought the graphics look really great. And and yeah, just, just, you know, everything else about it, mainly the story, the world building, which is like nothing that I've ever seen in an adventure game before. So um, I think John Ingold has really, I mean, they already demonstrated with 80 Days, but this, you know, I haven't played that game, but this game is certainly one of the most ambitious adventure games that I've ever played. And it's, uh, it, it's definitely, you know, that there are really no words that because every time you go to explore another planet or another moon, you know, there's, you always find something that was always something to discover and it might be different to another player. You know, the three of us played through the game. Uh, I'm guessing we had three different playthroughs that, you know, if we discussed it in more detail, um, which would do a spoiler special over the year, I'm sure it'll be very different and uh, based on decisions that we have made. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would say as well that my, you know, adventure game of the year is Heaven's Fault as well. Now, again, Whispers of a Machine is really, really good as well. Um, you know, either one of those games could be number one. But uh, but yeah, for me, have, Heaven's Fault, I would definitely urge people to check out. And, uh, and oh. yeah, so... All these games are brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, Absolutely. I mean, if, if, yeah, it's not like now all of a sudden, because uh, one game is on number one, the other games are less. No, they're all brilliant. They all gave us enormous pleasure. They all gave us... Yeah, they, they all show uh, how good and how vibrant this genre is at the moment. And I, I really hope... I, I thought 2018 was hard to uh, yeah, to beat as a, as a... You know, we got Unavowed, we got Oprah Din, we got uh, Lamplight City. Those, are, those were instant classics. 
And now we got mm-hmm. we got like Heaven's Fall, Whispers of a Machine, also instant classics. Those are games that that people will be playing 10, 20 years from now uh, in the genre mm-hmm. because and it's it's brilliant. It's it's such a good time to be fan of this of 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 the adventure game genre, of narrative game genre. It's it's so awesome. Yeah, sorry. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's uh, <laughs> that I have nothing more to add to that. I I agree. It's you know it's been a great great year for adventure games. So uh, now, Laura, you <laughs> said that you had a different adventure game of the year because you you hate Heaven's Vault. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey well, surprise, surprise! <laughs> My top one is Whispers of a Machine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. So... Um, I just enjoyed. I think I enjoyed the more kind of traditional elements of it. I still like the augmentation. I, do, I think what I really enjoyed about it was just the story uh, and the voice mm. acting as well. Should get a shout out because it's done really well. It's not perhaps the most uh, fun story to play sometimes it's quite it gets quite serious <laughs> but uh, I just thought the law in that you know I really wanted to find out more about what had happened to this this world you know why was AI banned what, and I, I enjoyed the puzzles I thought all, all the puzzles were really intuitive and and fun to play and the fact that you got all these different augmentations as well uh, was really cool uh, which meant again another game where it could be like at the end you could replay it all and have a completely kind of different playthrough uh, for what you did I thought that was a cool way of um, with uh, traditional point and click adventures obviously there's a set way to solve every puzzle and you have to pick up this item and use it with that but with this you know there each puzzle could be solved in a different way because you've got different augmentations to use so I, I, I don't know it was close with me as well I have to say Heaven's Vault was nearly there but I just enjoyed some elements more of Whispers of a Machine but they, again they were probably joint to be honest but i had to pick one yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean for, for me as well i mentioned it could be you know they both kept swapping for me you know i was yeah. when i was thinking i was thinking no heaven's vault no whispers of machine no heaven's vault and you know they're probably joined top to me to be fair because they're both fantastic games but yeah again everything that you mentioned that i i agree with you know i'm sure thomas did as well it's a fantastic story you know just the dialogue in the game as well and the setting and the lore behind it that you know there's a huge amount of thought went into that game as well yeah uh that's you know you can't really fault we could probably say the podcast a joint adventure games of the year heaven's vault and whispers of a machine well what um what I find interesting is a lot of these uh, games have finished stories. It's not like they end on cliffhangers or whatever. Yes. It's 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 yes. not even it's it's not even like you could because if you look at Whispers of a Machine, um, I think all the all the endings that you can choose are an ending. It's a pr- yeah. the chances are slim that this character uh, will have another adventure game. However, and that's what I like. What for instance Francisco Gonzalez is doing with uh, his semi follow up to Leplight City he doesn't he doesn't take the characters but he takes the world and he builds a new adventure in that world and yeah. that's why i'm hoping that the that the developers of um uh, of uh, whispers of a machine of heaven's fall etc will perhaps give us more of their world different people different uh, adventures but i want i want to desperately want to see more of this world it is so good. Mm-hmm. The whispers of a machine as well. You know what Laura said exactly. I want to know what happened to this world. We get glimpses of it, 
Yeah. It's tantalizing. It's it's like it's almost for oh, oh please give me give me show me that uh, allow me to play a game that happens during that period or something or allow me to play an adventure game uh, that has a completely different premise but in this world that allows me to discover more of the history of it. It's uh, I, I love that. I, I really really love that, and I hope more will. Um, I hope these games will be very successful even. So that these teams can give us more stories. Yes, it's hoping. Yeah. Yes. No. Uh, but it's a very interesting thing you said there, Thomas, that they have you know complete endings as well. Because there were some games this year that did have um, you know uh, you, you mentioned cliffhanger endings, or maybe not fully uh, complete endings. Which, and again, you know, not every game has to because these games, you know, they don't explain nearly everything, but they feel kind of satisfying and more complete. Whereas I think some games, some stories that they intentionally finish on a cliffhanger. And for me, I prefer more, obviously, more complete ending. Now, that's not saying that all the threads have to be nicely tied up in a, you know, knot and bow, but I do feel it be satisfying. And I think that's one of the reasons why these games as well, the world seems to be so completely developed and, you know, you feel satisfied after finishing the game. So hopefully we can see... If you play as some, some of the NPCs, you know, in Heaven's Vault, I would love to play as the friend of Alia. I've forgotten her name now, but, uh, you know, you, you get to see things from a dis- different perspective when you meet her. And, um, you know, in Heaven's Vault as well, I'd like to play maybe as one, you know, any of the characters or some new character as well and discover more from, from this world. So, uh, yeah, so those are our games of the year. So... Thank you to the developers, well, all the developers this year yeah, uh, who have released well, yeah. these fantastic games. Yeah, fantastic yeah. year. So um, now, before we go on to look ahead a little bit to 2020, uh, this is the, um, the beginning, the end of a decade. I mean, okay, being pedantic, the beginning of the next decade will actually be next year, but, you know, let's keep quiet about that. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Um, but it's you know been a great year and a great decade because uh, you know from 2010 or 20, 2009 up until now 2019, you know it's where we've had a resurgence of the adventure genre. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> because before that people were saying oh the adventure genre is dead and while it wasn't dead, it was certainly true that. There, you know, there weren't as many games being released back then, and certainly not as many good games. It was a life um, that you could pro- exactly that you could. I think the period of three of us, we could definitely play all the adventure games released, or at least the main adventure games released uh, back in that time. In twenty tens, it really has has taken on. It's not very mainstream yet, but you know, but again, it's uh, it's certainly doing a lot better. So. Uh, I think we could talk uh, first of all about the games that we think have had the most impact on the adventure genre. So, uh, Laura, I see that you have a, a game that you that we've spoken about a little bit as well, but that you yeah. mentioned that you think has had a, an impact. Yeah, we say I'll I'll keep this brief because uh, you know we we spoken about this a lot. And this is really a series. Exactly. So we we'll yeah. be brief about this. So. But uh, I mean, I've got you know you've got to say it, it's The Walking Dead. How is it, you know it's made such a huge impact before this Telltale Games was still doing pretty great uh, series oh, yeah. like Sam and Max. I really love that Sam and Max um, series they did and Tales of Monkey Island. Of Monkey but, Island, exactly. Yeah, so. uh, uh, but The Walking Dead, I think, just not only <clears throat> opened up Telltale Studios, it just opened up a whole 
new idea of adventure games not just being this kind of traditional 2D point and click, you know, it, it, it just brought, I mean, I'm sure there were, you know, uh, games that were doing this kind of branching dialogue and also less of a comedy sort of element to adventure games before. There definitely were. But uh, I think maybe because it was based already on quite a well-known series, that probably helped. Um, but I, I just think, especially that first episode, um, I, I know some people will say l later on the series kind of lost its way a little bit, but the impact it had, you know, even that much mocked, you know, Clem will remember that. <laughs> All that kind of stuff is just like, oh, you know, it really made you think like, oh, what's going to happen later? And the way it was just told so cinematically, uh, you know, things happening, people dying that you didn't want to die, but there's nothing you could do. I, I, feel, I just feel like that whole series definitely changed uh, adventure games um, and the way people thought about adventure games too. Yeah, they certainly helped bring adventure games back to the main mainstream, at yeah. least season one did. And certainly it was also, I think it's fair to say, that Walking <laughs> Dead, the TV series, and the comics were probably at the height of their popularity back yeah. in 2012, I think was when it was released. Um, but it just seemed to come like nearly out of, not out of nowhere, because, you know, people were looking forward to it. Telltale already had a pedigree as well. But I think, you know, their previous game had been Jurassic Park, which I know a lot of people, you know, didn't like. I know I had issues with it myself, but I think you could see from Jurassic Park what they're trying to do. I think from Jurassic Park, they went on to The Walking Dead. That they got things right with The Walking Dead. And, you know, there have been some issues maybe with season two and three, you could say. But definitely, you know, they they brought this um, to, uh, you know, to the mainstream. And yeah. and even like games like Red Dead Redemption 2 and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you have some similar uh, game mechanics with choices, you know, with do you decide to go off, you know, Red Dead Redemption to search for the bear, hunt the bear, or do you go back to camp? Yeah. Now, it's not as often in Red Dead Redemption 2 or Assassin's Creed, but you can tell that they were influenced. And even adventure games, a lot of them now, you know, we've had, even with Unavowed, you make decisions, and in uh, Dreamfall chapters, you make decisions as well. So uh, definitely, regardless of your own opinion on The Walking Dead, you know, there's no doubt that this has had a huge impact on the genre. Um, and now to finish the series as well, um, but uh, you know we'll we'll see now where you know where people can take this game, uh, you know this these ideas. And I, I think it's it's also fair to say maybe that you know as good as I I think this Walking the Season One is, and as good as some of their other games were after that, I think it may have also resulted in Telltale becoming stagnant gameplay-wise yeah. because they they hit on a winning formula. And, and they, while the stories were... And they just stayed with the yeah, same formula. Yeah, which yeah, completely. It's a shame, really. It frustrating, almost, yeah. It was kind of the sort of golden nail in the coffin, in a way. Uh, yes. You know, it was amazing for them. It made so much... But then they just thought, this really works. We can only do this now. And then all their, yes. their other games were quite similar to that. And that it was a shame, really, that they didn't think, OK, we were really innovative here. Let's keep innovating and yes. do something different. So, yeah, I uh, agree. That was a shame. Yeah, because as much as I enjoy you know, The Wolf Among Us and, uh, you know, get, they made Game of Thrones and Tales of the Borderland, which is fantastic. But again, gameplay-wise... They were all wise, very good. They were all very good. They're all very good, but... Oh, yeah, but gameplay-wise, it's it's almost exactly the same. You could yeah, nearly yeah. be reviewing the same game gameplay-wise. 
And, you know, you you know, you could argue that, okay, maybe the, it worked for The Walking Dead, but that doesn't mean it's always going to work for every game that they make. So I think any developers, you know, who might learn from that is, okay, if you hit upon, you know, as you mentioned, something that really works, but then try and keep innovating. So um, but there's no doubt The Walking Dead, at least working at season one, had a huge impact on the adventure genre as a whole. Um, I would I would say two other games um, that uh, you know had a huge impact. Um, uh, now we've had some games that have nearly created their own genre. You know we've had Papers Please, we've had Oberdin, and we've had Her Story, which you played Laura as well. Um, but I think one game which has had an effect and clearly created its own genre, subgenre, is Gone Home, which I haven't played. But I believe this was one of the first um, first person exploration games. So it's yeah. a bit like Mist when it first came out in 1993, that the first person puzzle exploration game. This was a game almost entirely without puzzles. That is just exploration. And it's the, you discover the story uh, through exploration. That from what I've read about it, you explore the house and you open drawers, you read notes. And it doesn't sound very interesting like that, but it had a huge effect as well. You know, a lot of people really enjoyed it. And then there've been several games like it. You know, everybody's gone to the rapture. Uh, I can't remember the names, but what because, what is it? What because of Ethan? What remains uh, of Ethan Finch? Of, so yeah, what, you, Finch what you're just, saying is that game was the start of the walking simulator. Yes, yeah. Exactly, you could say it. Now again, like Myst, um, it's a little bit divisive. You know, there, there are people, of course, who are horrified. Saying, How can you have a game that has no puzzles, that you're just basically walking around, that there's no challenge, that... And, you know, while I, I myself don't want every game to be like this, I think at times it is nice just to be able to relax in a game, in an environment, and I think to just discover a story at your own pace, you know, like this. And I think there could also be no denying whatever your opinion on this game or on this subgenre, that this game has also had a huge effect, that even this year we've had Drogon from uh, Red Thread Games, Ragnar Thornquist, uh, which is basically another walking, you know, simulator or exploration game. And I also played Sagebrush, which was released last year. And um, and yeah, it just had there are it's just basically another way of telling stories. Uh, that I think. So I don't know if any of you guys have played this game or what your thoughts are. Uh, yes, I did play it, and I agree. It is. Uh, I don't really oh, like the term. Okay. Uh, I don't really like the term. Yeah, I don't simulator. either. No, I like. I, I don't I like it either. Just, yeah. But unfortunately, I think it's more derogatory, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there's, you know, you're still. It's. I prefer sort of like exploration simulator, maybe or something. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, I again, it's it's been a while since I played it, but it, you know, you you do something up. It is a lot of you are this girl. You you've returned home. Your parents appear to have like moved out of the the house, or there's something going on, and you're picking up um, items and looking at memories basically um and trying to work out what's gone on but i think i agree you know it does it's encouraged things like what remains of edith finch which was another amazing game and i think they have their place when they do something more than it's more than, than you just picking up things and looking at them you know it then evokes right. other scenes <laughs> and you might go back in time and visit that scenery so i think gone home is perhaps one of the because it's it started off um this kind of idea of exploration that it you know it it's quite basic in that you are just mainly like recalling sort of 
what's happening but it that was that hadn't been done <laughs> no one had thought exactly. that, that was an interesting genre and because of the writing and the story it still captured people even though that's kind of all you were doing so i agree yeah i i think at the time people were, were a bit surprised that it was as popular as it was but like you say everybody's gone to the rapture what remains of Edith finch Rogan, uh the loads of games now even things like if you think about it um i'm not quite sure when it came up but things like um bioshock or things where you've got to wander around and you know mm. you you know it this whole idea of an immersive sim where you're basically you get the story by picking up things and listening to them rather than being told exactly what happened in the story and all of those elements you you haven't gone home so uh yeah it was it, it was very of its time but i think it's branched out a whole new uh, genre of games um which some might not enjoy the term but i think it you know is is relevant in terms of uh, how much it's encouraged other games to sort of um explore that genre yeah absolutely you know as i said regardless of our personal opinions on the game there's no denying that it has created this subgenre and i think it's here to stay that there are people who like it and i'm one of them yeah, <laughs> because as i said I, I i like different types of you know, even adventure games, because, you know, I, I, I wouldn't play every game like this, but I think it is nice just to get into this game, get into this world and kind of relax, you know, kind of know, OK, but kind of discover the world, discover the story and not have to nearly worry about solving puzzles or trying to take because sometimes, you know, you have a long day at work, you want to come back and it's like, OK, let's just see these other characters and let's see this story now. And it's another way to tell a story. Yeah. Um, I think, which we should be encouraging. So, um, so yeah, so that is Gone Home. And I think the third game that I would include, I would include mostly the Kickstarter and the effect it has had, uh, probably more so than the game itself. Uh, you can probably guess which game it is. It is, of course, Broken Age. Sure. Because, uh, you know, this again, at least the Kickstarter had uh, probably the biggest impact on the adventure genre or the game genre as a whole than any other Kickstarter, any other game. So again, for people who might not know, this was back in 2012, I believe, Tim Schafer uh, of Double Fine, and he he basically uh, sent out, uploaded a video on Kickstarter, a very short video saying that, okay, he wants to make a point-and-click adventure game, but no publishers will agree to finance it. So, but he said he wants to make another short point-and-click adventure. He just needed $400,000. 300,000 for the game, 100,000 for the documentary. And he said it could go well, it could go very badly, but we will film everything. We will film the production side of the game and we just want to go back to making a short, quick point and click adventure game again. So his idea was a short, quick point and click adventure game for $400,000. Now, what happened, uh, I'm not sure if you're sure you remember, is they ended up getting $3.3 million on yeah. Kickstarter, which at the time, was I think the highest that any project on Kickstarter got uh, of anything. Yeah. And it just, again, caught everybody completely by surprise. I mean, we all know Tim Schafer. We know he's still popular. He's still working uh, in the gaming industry. He made Psychonauts and Brutal Legend. And, uh, you know, a lot of people know him and he's still very active. But I think even he and his his people, his company, were very, very surprised by the success of this game. It did come out of nowhere that you were thinking, how how far can they go? And now the reason that 
this has such an impact is because after this Kickstarter and thank directly thanks to this Kickstarter, we had all these other people doing Kickstarter. So we had Jane Jensen who went to Kickstarter. We had the Coles. We even had Ron Gilbert who went to Kickstarter for Timbleweed Park. We had a new Tex Murphy. We had uh, the two guys from Andromeda and many, many more. We had Revolution for Broken Sword 5. We had uh, Red Thread Games, Ragnar Tornquist who financed Dreamfall chapters and many, many more. And now it's hard to know what would have happened, but I think if this hadn't happened or if this had not succeeded, I'm not sure we would have seen all those developers or those games. And again, you can argue with the quality of the games, you know. Um, you know, that's I don't think we, uh, that's something that we're discussing here. Even Broken Age itself, the game itself, you could argue with the quality itself. But regardless of what you think of the game itself, there is no denying that the Kickstarter has helped all these other developers and even games like this year, like Terrapods or that passive Terrapods and Justin Whack. Uh, they're on Kickstarter, I would say, largely thanks to the success of Broken Age. So I think that definitely had the biggest impact on uh, this. I don't know if you remember uh, the Kickstarter. I do, yes. It's, <laughs> it I, was do. Just, I, I was annoyed I didn't uh, give to it because I remember it coming up right and being like, oh, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then it kind of passed me by. But I got the game and I have to say, I a lot of people were a bit shady about the game, but I really enjoyed it, I have to say. It was, uh, you know, what all I wanted, really. I mean, maybe the, because it was in two parts, wasn't it? They had to release one yes, part. Yes, yes. Yeah, I believe they still had some well, quote unquote financial issues with the game yeah. despite their success. But um, you know, I think it also shows that even as successful as the Kickstarter was, that still to get the money necessary to make that game, because obviously they became more uh ambitious. So uh then um so I think those three games then. So then I wanted to ask um about your studio of the decade. Yes. Uh Laura? Uh, what would you say to your studio to decade? I would have to say Inkle. I mean, even if, even though I didn't put Heaven's Vault at the very top, top. Uh, I mean, what an amazing uh, decade that studio has has had with with Heaven's Vault, with Eighty Days. I love that game. It's such a great game, and it each time, you know, they're just so I- impressive with their ambitions for every game, and they deliver. So, um, and it, you know, it's not always the most straightforward path they take as well you know like with 80 days deciding to translate an entire novel well not translate but deciding to take an entire novel and make that into a game most uh studios would not do that because it you know it could fail and that's a lot of work but uh they did it and they did it amazingly and the same with heaven's vault you know look at deciding to make up the, an entire language uh and <laughs> they just do it they don't you know all of those things could could come across as very dry but they never forget that, that what they're making at the end of the day is a game so uh they're, they're always ed- there's always entertaining elements and always just amazingly written games so yeah i would, I would definitely say inkle and i can't wait to see what, what else they'll be working on uh in the next decade yeah definitely yeah that yeah is, uh... can't, argue, can't argue with that you know you mentioned the game that they've made or last decade is uh you know truly spectacular and also other games that they worked on including over the alps as well yes uh yeah. which and again they've all been hits as well they've all been great games 
Yeah, so well, I guess that shows, like you say, you can be a small-ish developer or, or working on mm-hmm. kind of, a, a, you know, obscure, maybe more intellectual uh, ideas and still be a hit, which is great news. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Can't argue with that. But uh, Thomas, uh, what is your studio to decade? Uh, well, for me, it's uh, Watch It Eye Games um, because, well, they are the at the moment, for me, the quintessential point-and-click adventure game studio, uh, creating classic adventure games, um, one of the best adventure games ever created in Unavowed. They have been putting out quality stuff, whether um, by Dave Gilbert himself or produced by or uh, the, um, uh, yeah, produced by him or um, uh, put out by under under his name. It's it's all been uh, been very 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 good it looks good it, the story is great the world building is great uh, and they've been doing it for a long time and and there's a lot of classics in their uh in their portfolio from from blackwell uh, and gemini rue to uh techno babylon and unavowed so yeah for me it's budget i games yeah i would i would have to agree i mean agree with the two of you but if i had you know, to choose, I would say Wajidai Games as well, because they have been synonymous with the resurgence of uh, adventure games this past decade. And I think that they uh, one of the reasons for the success of the adventure game genre in the past decade as well. Just every game that they've released has been a hit as well, uh, both, I think, critically and commercially. Um, as you mentioned, Thomas, they become synonymous with quality games. Uh, they, you know, whether it's developed by Dave Gilbert, the Blackwell series, the Shiva or Unavowed, or whether he's produced them, uh, Primordia, uh, Shared Light, Techno Babylon, you know, th- any one of these games could be games of the year. And I think, you know, now it is sort of like a mark of quality. Uh, so, you know, made by, released by Wajita. It's like, okay, so we know that uh, this game is is probably going to be a good game then. So, um, uh, so yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, so then finally, I think for today, uh, because we've had a lot of <laughs> um, <laughs> So we've had the game of the year, but now our game of the decade. So, um, Laura, we can go back to you then as well. So what have been your or games of adventure games of the decade? So we had the games that have been most impacted and state of the decade. Um, but this is now our favorite adventure games of the decade. Yeah, not, not an easy one. <laughs> no. It's uh, very, very difficult. So do you have an answer or, or Thomas? <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I think what I will say, it's maybe a controversial choice in that some people might say, oh, is that an adventure game? But <laughs> um, it, uh, it feels to me like it is just in terms of its story uh, and, you know, its kind of exploration elements. So for me, I would say Return of the Obra Dinn. I mean, mm. I love that game. That was, uh, and just the definitely. way Luke, Lucas Pope uh brought about uh, this kind of boring element of being an insurance agent and made that amazing and really fun to play. And just the, the graphics of, you know, so basically, you, you know, you're aboard this ship that's, that was lost at sea. You've got to work out 
um, uh, why all the members of the crew died. Um, some of the deaths are very grisly. You've got this kind of device which lets you go back in time and see the point of death. Uh, and you've got to work out from that, you know, what happened. You could hear some audio of, of uh, exactly how they died. And then you've got to piece together these bits um, as to what might have happened. And just the way of going about that, I think every element of it was made so uh, amazingly well. The fact that, you you know, you have this book that you have all everyone's names in and you've got to try and piece together who might be this person. You've got a, a picture of them. Uh, you've got to put the names to the pictures and then to that scene. And I just enjoy, you know, every time when you were like, oh, is this the person? And you'd put in their name and then you'd get that noise that meant that uh, you'd got it right. And you were like, yes. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it was it was really well really well made uh just uh the graphics which are kind of like this sort of minimal like mac um uh ancient mac graphics um or very, or yeah. six Commodore 64 graphics that's, course, that's that Commodore, graphics. you could change you could change the the uh, mm-hmm. graphics so there's different there's different ones you could go for uh but yeah i uh, <laughs> i just thought it was uh you know, he he made papers please where you were basically a, bo- a border force guard and somehow made that really entertaining. And then he thought, oh, what what other <laughs> boring job can I make into like some fantastic first person mystery adventure? And uh, he made Oprah Din. And uh, I know it's not maybe not a traditional adventure game, but I I just thought the it w- it was a detective game, uh, and that's what I really enjoyed about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love that game, but I love I love Papers Please. So then, I was thinking, how is he going to follow up Papers Please with yeah. with uh, with this? And well, he gave us his answer. <laughs> um, you know, but myself and Thomas, we discussed it in detail. I think one of our first episodes uh, without spoilers, but uh, maybe we could do a spoiler special on that as well. But it is a fantastic, you know, with everything story and the gameplay mechanic as well. It's very challenging. Yeah, very challenging. Found it challenging. Very difficult. <laughs> Yeah, but, well, it does not handhold you. No, no, but it's uh, like the gameplay itself is very straightforward. But the the thing you need to discover in the game is uh, both incredibly compelling and very hard because it's easy to miss yes. something. It, you really oh, yes. are, you really are a detective in there, and and, and you're yeah. walking through the scenes, and you have to. W- watch it from every angle because you might miss something and you have to cross-reference it with with something that someone said in a previous scene and that might and then and then you have to uh check the 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 name tag on a bunk and that corresponds with something else and you're putting all those pieces together and it's it's really really hard really challenging uh, but because the the story and it's supposed to be that way, uh, that's not a negative thing. Um, no. and, mm-hmm. But because the the story is so incredibly compelling, you just want to continue. And unfortunately, I, I would need to replay it because I never finished the. I never got to find out the final part. Ah. So mm-hmm. I want to go back and because I I probably missed something in a previous thing. Um, but yeah, that's. When when you hear that sound of of when when you when you done something correctly and those names are <laughs> set and you know, yeah. and, oh that is such a thrill it's like, yes because it's, yeah, it's a it's lot great. of it's a lot of work to uh, to get there and again that's not criticism that is amazing yeah yeah you feel a sense of accomplishment and achievement yeah really, when you really get the correct yeah. answer absolutely. Uh, 
Okay, yeah. Any other games, Laura? Or is that the main I, one? Is that... I will say, I mean, I'll briefly, I mean, I'll just, I'll say this, but I won't go into too much detail, but Firewatch as well. I think mm. that ha- had so much hype behind it, but it actually delivered um, in terms of uh, just again of story I, I suppose you could say that was almost you know uh inspired by gone home again in terms of yeah we forgot to mention that game <laughs> yeah yeah but i do, i think that's why you know i won't go into too much but uh it's a game that's got to be mentioned because um i i would say i wasn't maybe happy with the ending as much but up to that point beautiful settings um really cool element of you're talking to this person uh you know in, in the middle of, of nature like over this walkie-talkie you you don't meet her so th- there's all these kind of questionable elements about what's going on and like you know how you portray yourself to this person you've never met and yeah i i think it deservedly uh you know won a lot of awards and got a lot of hype um because it it was just a, a breath of fresh air again it kind of reinvented a couple of things um and and did it very well definitely yeah no i played the game myself and i really liked it as well this you know it's your underwalking and the story i found really compelling like the mystery yeah. behind this and then you know can you trust her you know is she exactly. who she says she is and um you know I, I really, really enjoy I'd like to play it again, actually, because I really enjoyed the setting then as well of that game and the game as a whole. So, OK, and finally, Thomas, um, now I imagine you've already mentioned that Heaven's Vault is one of your favorite games of all time. So imagine how, it's one of your you games. Of the... <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, speaking of being a detective, you know, you uh, it kind of rubs <laughs> off finally, you know. You... <laughs> but is there any other adventure game in the last decade that has been released that you have really, really enjoyed? Yeah, yeah, for me that was I mean, just several, I'm sure. Yeah. Unavowed <laughs> yes. was... Uh was an incredibly well-made, well-written point-and-click adventure, classic point-and-click adventure game, because Heaven's Vault isn't really a a classic-style point-and-click adventure game. Uh, Unavowed is that, with gorgeous uh, pixel art, with uh, an incredibly cool story where you can play multiple types of characters. You can, you can, um, so you can replay the story either as a police detective or an actor or what was the third choice? Bartender. Bartender, yes. Bartender, which yeah. I haven't played yet, but I, I do no. look forward to replaying it. Yeah, I, uh, I I finished the game as the police detective and I restarted it as the artist, as the actor. So, uh, But I haven't finished it as the actor yet because there was so much other stuff to play as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Unavow was my game of the year for last for 2018. And it definitely um, is one of the my favorite adventure games of the decade. But then again, we have been spoiled in the past two years mm-hmm. on the quality games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the amount of games, but the amount of really, really good games that are coming out, it's hard to just pick one. But yeah. um, no, I, I would agree. I mean, I love both those games as well, Opera Day and Firewatch and, you know, Heaven's Fall. But I would have to say my favorite game of the decade, again, if you had to put a gun to my head, which, well, please don't. Uh, would be unavowed as well. I think just everything about that game as well. I played it immediately, replayed it second time uh, as well, and I want to replay it again the third time as the bartender. But I think just everything about that game, as you mentioned, uh, was just you know really, really, really good. And I think you know with the dialogue, with the the story, and the, the twist, which we haven't mentioned, which also 
you know, it was well, maybe surprising, but also kind of like, oh, changes your perspective that, on the that, whole game. That twist, that twist and, was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. That yeah, we should do I did a not see special. Coming. Yeah, we should. We should. No, yeah. no, no. But also but, that uh, the, that uh, element uh, that we talked about before of having your, your choices having actual impact on the end yes. of the game. And this because they do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a great game, and I really that's another example of a world. I would love to return to. Uh, in this case, yes. I think it would be possible to do some sort of sequel because these characters can, uh, some of these characters can go on. But this, the world of Unavowed, uh, definitely would love to see. Uh, hope I hope Dave Gilbert returns to that world in the future, like he did with Blackwall. Hopefully, uh, well, we shall see what he does next. So, um, throw it. I think that is it for this week. I think it's a good time to. <laughs> Uh, to finish up so I think in next two weeks or whenever Thomas is back from gallivanting around uh, in in LA uh, we can then look ahead to 2020 to the games that we're looking at uh, we're looking forward to 2020 um, but until then next week I will be uploading my interview with Clifftop Games the developers of Whispers of Machine joint ah. uh, venture game of the year okay. and also awesome. for pay- for Patreon subscribers, I will be uploading a spoiler special that I did with the developers. So for everyone else, we talk about uh, we talk about Kathy Rain, we talk about Whispers of Machine, and you know his his stories, you know his development as well. You know we normally do, but then for Patreon, we then go into a little bit more detail about the game and the story and you know third act revelations. So and, uh, you can check that out on. If someone wants to become a Patreon supporter, yeah. how, how can, would they go about that? You can go to patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast and you can sign up there as well. There are two tiers for $1 or $5 per month. It's completely optional, but you would be helping us out enormously and you would also be getting some extras. So like some interviews that I did at Adventure X uh, last year and we'll be doing our own spoiler specials Next year, uh, next year as well, and plus some other, um, you know, uh, ben- extras as well that we'll be doing over the year. So that's patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. So, uh, thank you again, Laura and Thomas. I know that the three, three of us we survived this episode, <laughs> we did <We've> been, die. <laughs> just barely, just barely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, show their dedication to this that even when we all feel at death's door <laughs> we still do it so um, well I hope the two um, of you feel better Laura, Laura does it's... look a bit pale though <laughs> <laughs> a little bit I, 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 I'm still recovering myself must be the lighting then <laughs> that's it so uh, so yes yeah, so Thomas enjoy your holiday in LA, California, and we look forward to hearing about it uh, when you're back. I'm sure that I'm sure you won't be talking very much about it. Well, even if I talk only like one percent uh, of the time of, of the way that that you talked about when you were gone, then it'll be fine. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, okay, so happy new year to everyone listening, and happy new year to the two of you. And here's to another great year for adventure games. Yes, yes. Oh, definitely. Let's keep questing. 
थैंक यू बाय बाय If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who. You Please may enjoy it, and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So, until next time, thank you.